0: to love on our God, to know that He loves us, and that even though the wrath of God is on the earth, that for us, we've been able to believe into, through the blood of Jesus, into life, and and we're no longer under His wrath. Amen? Amen. And even more than that, uh, He loves us. He's a God of love. Last time I spoke, I kind of went from Genesis through just the pursuit of the Lord, of His people. Even after that they, in the very beginning, you know, Jesus breathed His life into Adam. And then at whatever time span that was after, there became a separation. And then the wrath of God came on the earth. And that's kind of a little bit of a theme for today uh, as an underlying point. Because the reality is, is that um, mankind has already been judged. And condemnation already exists. And except for Jesus having come to the earth, it was we were a lost creation. But because of his pursuit of people and through the Old Testament of, of, of giving... Uh, Prophecies and words about one that would come in the future that would then bring the opportunity for all men to come to know him. Gentile and Jew is, a, is just a miraculous thing. <clears throat> Today, uh, my the main text... That I'd like to, to work with is John 3:16. So let's say that together. For God so loved the world that He gave His only son, son that whosoever believed in Him would not perish but have everlasting life." Hallelujah. Amen, what an awesome opportunity for us. You know, I can count, I would say, I hope it's only on one hand. People, so this is me being transparent. People that if they came into the room right now, I would have a very hard time. That there are people that I know that because of either situations that have happened in the past, for me to even communicate or shake their hand it would be a real trial for me i don't in some cases honestly i just got kind of to have to take them one at a time no he didn't and i know none of you are like that coming just out of the holidays <clears throat> did we get reacquainted with a couple of the people that when they come in the room you just like i can't do it you know what I, the Lord has been working with me on that for the last little while. And what he took me to is the fact, is, is how much he just kind of took me over and said, well, John, let me let, me, let me let you see how I look at that person, that one that you just despise. And for good reason, of your reasoning. But let me show you how I feel about him. And man, there was just love like you can't imagine. And he's like, don't you remember, John, you said how I loved Adam and Eve and then how you, you talked to people about how I pursued over generations in love for people that rejected, rejected all the way to a cross where once again I was rejected. And yet I'm still pursuing in love. Why are you in judgment? I thought I had pretty good reason. (laughs) It made sense to me. And he said, but my love. And then, not in a very big way, because I think he knew I wouldn't be able to handle it, he kind of gave me a peek of what I looked like outside of his love. How would you look like outside of his love? Your worthiness is what? You you deserve his love because why? Because of what you've done what? So he just kind of gave me an opportunity to start seeing these people. So then he took it to the next level and said, Now, John, the way that I've set things up on the earth that I created, that I said I love, that I've pursued all these years, that I even sent my son to become human and to, and to live that whole dynamic of being on the earth in flesh and to be tempted and then to die and I rose him from the dead because of my love for these very people that you hate now hate may be a strong word but I can tell you there are some people that I really have a hard time with. If you asked me, do you hate them? I would never say that. But I'm sure there's a line there that's not real far from just n- not being able to deal with. So and he said, John, I made uh, my plan in the very beginning was to show my love to my creation, the earth, by putting people on the earth that I could then love my creation through. Right? do we, we all get that. That God didn't want to just, that, that his plan was, I made a three-dimensional creation, and I want to show my love through three-dimensional creatures to this, to this whole creation, this whole world that I made. So I want to do that through people, so there'll be a conduit of my love to my creation. And he said, John, Your conduits plugged up. You can do it because your conduits messed up. (laughs) You got the spigot turned off. How can I love this person? And guess what? The reason you're so twisted about that person is because I have you in relationship with that person, which makes you a prime place for me to show my love through. Stephen's not in my world. He can't touch those people that got... Well, Stephen, <laughs> that probably wasn't a good choice, was it, buddy? <laughs> but he can't touch... He can't be a conduit of love, right, to the people that I'm in relationship with that he doesn't even know. Nor me to the people in, that God has put in his life. When I was in Africa, I had some interesting opportunities for Counseling. If you want to get stretched in the world of counseling, go to where last year the government said, made it legal for you to have more than one wife. And that was just to catch up because culture has been that forever. So marital counseling is kind of interesting. First thing you have to find out is, are you the first wife or second or third? Because the first wife has different privileges than the second wife and beyond. But I'm sitting in, so we go to this, place and we visited with this lady and all of a sudden she just starts pouring out her heart and uh, I'm there with the the local pastor Osborne and she's just you can tell it's just really big in her and she's my son was an addict he moved to Nairobi we were in Usangi they're fairly far apart and um, he married an older woman Then uh, they've had a child, my grandchild. And so they've been married, I think, maybe like five years. And I think this child's maybe three years old. She just told my boy that she has children in another village that they're supposed to pick up and now become a family. She took advantage of my boy She got him when he was in trouble knowing that at some point she was going to bring these other kids in and now she had a way to take care of her family. So she was very upset about this. So I want my boy to come home. I'm going to bring him home and my grandbaby. So then Pastor Bourne looks at me and says, So John? Yeah, well... So the lord said, "John, how do you think I view that situation? What would be the best scenario? Like best case if you could picture it." I said, "Well, it'd be awesome if they all came to know you, not just the son and the and the daughter-in-law and their child, but even the other children." Right? That's like awesome. But it's sure not playing into this lady's emotions. She wanted blood, man. I mean, How many of you are mothers, right? And this is your baby. Now, unfortunately, it was an old baby, but nevertheless. So I said, you know, I think that as opposed to just ripping up and breaking up another family to make you feel good about the situation, what if we believed big enough that God could actually bring life into that family, restoration in that family, wouldn't that be awesome? She looked up. She'd probably killed me if she could have got to me at first, but then she she, she was listening. I, I appreciate she was open, and she said, yeah. And I said, more than that, do you realize the unique position that you are in? God has uniquely positioned you in this situation to be one that can be a conduit of His love like nobody else could. Okay. He said, but you know the first thing you're going to have to do? You have to forgive this woman. Oh, but it's my baby. You have to forgive this woman. But if you'll forgive this woman... Imagine what God can do through you just loving on her the one that you feel like has ruined everything. Do you think that might be his plan? I don't have an end to that story yet. It's in progress. The good news is that uh, later she confided in the pastor that she really, that that really ministered to her. I was kind of nervous, to be honest with you. When I left, I was like, born, I kind of went a little, huh? Is that okay? He said, no, man, that was what the Lord was saying. That was good. Does that example, now take that example, and instead of the woman I was talking to, make that you. And instead of her baby boy in Nairobi dealing with that situation, just apply whatever it is that makes you go, "Mm," when you think of that person. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whosoever believed, right? I'm gonna back up to uh, John one nine through eighteen. John one nine through eighteen. The true light Upon grace, for the law was given through Moses; grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at our Father's side. He has made Him known. And then, if we read John three sixteen, and then uh, down through uh, verse twenty one, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. How many of us are condemning the world? Now, sometimes I think we have to take scriptures because we hear condemning the world and that's like ginormous and it's very impersonal and honestly it doesn't really impact me but when I go from the world down to people in America down to people that I know down to oops one of my five right now it becomes very personal and it becomes very practical. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in Him is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked... Things, hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The world has already been condemned. We were. So there's really not a need for us to try to heap condemnation on people. They're already there. There's a lot of condemnation and hate going on right now from Christians. And I go, quote, unquote, because I'm not sure how many really are. And that's kind of a theme you'll hear with me, because I think Christianity personally is more than slipping up your hand with everybody's eye closed and slipping it down and slipping out and slipping on through life. That's just slipping not a Christian in my mind. But I don't know. For a lot of people, I hope that works. But there's a lot of Scripture that talks about you believe into and then you exchange your life. He gave His life on a cross and and bled and died for us to have life. And we've somehow created a gospel that says slip, slip, and you're good. You're going to heaven, and then live your life, and then, you know. I was going to talk today. It kind of shifted, but my theme was going to be the point of a destination is to create a journey. That kind of, that's something I've been mulling over. The point of a destination is to create a journey. Heaven has become a destination. Do I want to be there? Absolutely. But the point of this is the journey here. And how many Christians are all about their focuses, I'm going to get raptured, or when I get to heaven, and right now I've got to hunker down and, and border up, and, and, and it's this kind of a thing. I protect myself and protect everything. So I definitely am excited about heaven. But I really don't see, if, you know, if, if that was Jesus' point, then we would, as soon as we died, we'd go. But his point was to make sons. Right? And a part of that is for us to be conduits of love. I mean, we all know this. I'm not telling you things that you don't already know. I'm, in fact, I hope this is being recorded because I need to listen to this for the next month because this is i'm just sharing i'm being transparent this is where the lord has me right now and i kind of had something i was going to share but he's just kind of said this is uh this is probably for more than just you Where to be conduits of love well where does my conduit get clogged up when i take offense when i take offense well who am i to take offense If I've exchanged my life, and if I understand I'm a conduit of His love, who am I to take offense? I don't have that right anymore. I personally believe that homosexuality is very offensive to God. I also believe adultery is very offensive to God and we can go down a list but my point is this how does God look at the homosexual or the lesbian with love drawing them saying I, I want them to, I want them to know my love I died for this one but do you want to condemn them So understand his grace he did not come to condemn the world but came bringing a a message of grace and truth so it does not mean that he accepts that his words very clear about how he stands on on these things we're the ones that try to make them what will make us comfortable his words very clear but it's also very clear that our position is not judge and jury I think a lot of that comes from self-righteousness. You know, I'm not in that position. Okay, what position are you? I mean, if we talked long enough with probably each of you, and if you didn't you didn't have to talk very long with me, you'd find out that that self-righteousness is kind of a defense mechanism for probably that gaping hole where the Lord is continuing to work with us in that area, right? But it's easy if we jump on somebody else about something that we can target and say, you know, oh, this is a terrible thing. But God's love is for them. Do that. The next time you see and you just start getting offended inside, Allow the, say, Holy Spirit, okay? Let me see how you're seeing them right now, Lord. And I think you'll get wrecked. And then you'll be useful. You'll be a conduit that he strategically put in that relationship so that you could be his love to that person. I'm not saying that we accept all that sin into the church, okay? I don't believe that, okay? I'm, I'm, un, this is a kind of a hard topic sometimes. I don't think you accept the sin, but, you, but God loves that person. That's a spirit, an eternal spirit that will live forever, That's already been condemned if they're not a Christian. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. You have to do something to go to heaven. Amen? That's what I meant. The wrath of God has already been poured out. But He came and through His Son poured out His blood and His life and forgave all sin of all mankind forever. So then we start a religion that says, so everybody's going to heaven because God did it all. Oh, He says, if you don't believe into Him, then you don't take advantage of what He did for all men. Right? So the blood covered, sin covered the whole world. The blood covers the whole world. You have to believe into that to step out of the wrath of God And into the life of God. So I want to go one more spot with this. Y'all tracking? Is this... uh, Is anybody else dealing with this kind of stuff? Okay. We got a room full of conduits that God just wants to pour my love and my life out. And I want to do it to... to the people that you touch. That's my design, my plan. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. I could have just read that. We could have gone to lunch, huh? And everybody said... (laughs) What's holding you up? All right. Todd is, because he'd see the podcast only went 15 minutes. But we're getting out early. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in the world. Wow. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. The other thing that's been a big deal and continues to be, and partly uh, with my time in Africa, I'm a little more in touch with um, the radical Islamic groups that are terrorizing the world. And uh, Al-Shabaab happens to be the strain that's in East Africa. Based out of Somalia, and then they work in Somalia. Borders Kenya, and then where I am up in the desert, there's they're kind of in that area, and then they're all along the coastline uh, is kind of their primary area. But you know, it's one thing to have somebody that is serving a pagan god, little G, and is under the influence of their father, the devil. And that they would want to kill and torture us. But what if somebody from a Christian church was doing the same thing? I mean, wouldn't you feel like that's almost more hideous? That, had that, that called on the same God? How many of you remember a story of a man named Saul? What if Saul bounced into the river today before he was Paul? Serious. What if we were the early church? We're gathered together in meeting and all of a sudden a guy comes in and we're like, oh, snap. <laughs> That's Saul. Acts says in my little, you know how they have the little heading over the area? It says, Saul ravages the church. And Saul approved of his execution. Speaking of. And there's some pretty, if you want to read, you know, we go stoned. No, I'm not talking about smoking dope. He, it was ugly. Very ugly. I mean, if you start, if you do, if you Google it, it's amazing what stoning was like. Like they had an area they would push a body off. And if it was gracious, you would break your neck. Um, And otherwise, then those that accused would start throwing. And, I mean, it's really, 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 really gross if you read about this. And in Stephen's case, they didn't do that. Anyway, it was merciless. It was painful. How did he respond in that situation? Love. It oozed out of him even to the extent he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Who else said that? Who else should say that? And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul, ravaging the church and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. And I don't think that was Three Squares Dessert and cable TV. That's. Now, if I asked you, what do you think about Paul? Dude, that's a lot of what we understand of the Lord is through Paul. He had a revelation that even the other disciples didn't have. There's a whole shift from Paul in terms of the understanding of who we are, who we've been called to be in Christ. But it came from a man that looked an awful lot like a radical Muslim. Are you tracking? does God love the radical Muslims with his whole heart so what I'm saying in that is there are a lot of opportunities that we're having nowadays with news Facebook Fox whatever CNN lots of opportunities to judge To condemn, to go, wow, look at, you know, look at what this particular segment of our society is doing. They're promoting their agenda and shoving it down our throats. Look at what this particular sect of people are doing. They're doing the same thing Saul was doing. And Saul became Paul. My encouragement is that we become conduits of love. Amen. It doesn't mean that we accept and say it's OK, the, the things that are going on. I don't. That's not my point. My point is that we be conduits of love. And as we've talked about, that just means that we listen and see and say, Father, what do you want? How do you want to express yourself in this situation? The challenge is I can't tell you exactly what that looks like every time. Wouldn't that be nice? If we had a little book and it said, this is exactly, you know. But he says, no, it's relationship, right? So now we're back to what does it look like to be a Christian? Is it just slipping up your hand or is it developing an ear for your father? Is it being open to be a conduit? Is it realizing that if I'm taking offense then there, that's because there's something in me that's, that needs healing <laughs> and needs to be yielded. So I've come today not to condemn you and myself. I said it that way because I'm going to be listening, and I don't want to feel condemned when I hear myself. <laughs> because I know that I'm a work in progress. If any of you doubt that, ask Jan. My wife will tell you, yes, he's a work in progress. But I just want us to be free. Don't you know you're more free when you can just love freely? And when you don't have to hold that, for those five people in your life, hopefully you have less than I do. But I know the Lord's going to give me opportunities to be with these people again. And then my opportunity is to let go of what I feel like uh, the exchange needs to be and to say, Lord, how do I I show your love in this situation? And again, I'm not saying we're accepting of sin, but we're accepting of the person. And how is that person going to have a chance to bridge and to know love, if nobody's willing to, if if those if those that are the conduits of love all turn their conduits off because they're like, nah, you're condemned. I condemn you.